My wife and I got married really young. In fact, we were seniors in college when we got married. And so when we were coming up on our five-year anniversary, we were still figuring life out, right? We didn't have a lot of money and didn't have a lot of uh, things happening in our life. So we did take a vacation, though. We lived in Colorado Springs at the time, where we still live now. And we decided to take a trip up to the mountains. So we went to, I think, Beaver Creek or Vail or one of those places, and we got a cheap hotel somewhere. In fact, I think we did one of those things where if you stay at a timeshare, they give you the room for free or for 99 bucks or something like that. And so we did that. You say for a few days, you got to sit through the presentation and say, no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank you. And then they give you the gift card and you go to dinner or something like that, right? So that's my recollection, at least. It's been a while since it's been our five-year anniversary. But on that trip, we went skiing and we went to nice restaurants and we had gift cards and we just, we've always been really creative and scrappy with pulling things together. But I want to paint the picture that we weren't high society and still aren't, but we didn't know what, what we were doing when we walked into this really, really nice restaurant. The name of the restaurant is called Eat, I believe. And it was in, uh, creative name for a restaurant, by the way, uh, not to be confused with drink, which was downstairs and it was like a liquor store. And so uh, we went to the restaurant, really nice restaurant. It was recommended highly to us. It was in Vail or Beaver Creek, one of those little bit nicer areas of, of the mountains and the ski area. So we get in and we look at the menu and we don't recognize a lot of things on the menu. And so we see something on the menu, looks great. We order it as an appetizer and a few minutes goes by. And they bring out a almost like a sorbet glass, right? Like a little um, a little glass container. I don't know what to call it. I'm still not high society. It was a it was a glass. It wasn't like a bowl or a plate or whatever. It was this little glass, almost like you were getting a a, a mousse or something like that, right? And it was filled with. I grew up in Texas and Oklahoma. I would call it raw beef. It was it was raw beef that was just this hot pink. Uh, beef. Now, we didn't know what the words were on the menu, but I did see the word beef, and we thought that it sounded good, and so we ordered beef tartare. I didn't know this at the time, and if you don't know this, what beef tartare is, is exactly what I got in my sorbet glass. It is raw meat, and it's just a, a misinterpretation on our part of the menu. And it's it's funny. I mean, growing up in Texas, how we grew up, like my wife is from a big cow town. There's more cows in her hometown where she grew up than there are people. And it's one of the beef capitals of the world. And there is for sure no way anybody in the town she grew up in is ever, ever eating raw beef at, at a nice restaurant. And so we were so embarrassed. We, But it was probably, you know, in the hindsight, it's probably like 20 bucks when we ordered it. And we couldn't just do away with it. And so we said, listen, I'm so sorry. We have no clue what we're doing. Never been to a restaurant like this, this nice before. And didn't know this was raw and we're really sorry, but can we like send it back? And the waitress or the server looked really disappointed. And probably in the back of her head, she was like, I knew it. I knew there's no way that these, you know, couple in their mid twenties were knowingly ordering a, a cup of raw beef at our, at our store. And today on the podcast on episode eight of nine of the mini series here for the marketing mini series, we're talking about connecting. So last episode was constructing and building out your funnel. And this episode is about connecting. And just like that day when we read something on the menu and we didn't understand it. And so we ordered it and there was a disconnect between what we saw and what actually happened. And then from there, everything else went as planned, right? The server brought us out what we ordered. And, you know, so she placed the order, the chef made it, she brought it out. But still, something along that chain of events was broken, and we ended up having to send it back. We'll tell you more about this on this episode. 
Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. The eighth part in our nine-part marketing mini-series is called Connect. And you may be wondering, well, what the heck do I have to connect? I've already built the thing and I'm good to go, right? Well, I don't think so because there's typically a few other things. There's lots of things you could connect to your funnel or to your marketing system or your sales process or whatever you want to call it. But there's some really important ones and I wanted to cover those on the show today. And so that's almost like when you order something at the restaurant and forget the tartare for a second. Uh, I don't know if you're like gagging or your mouth is watering or whatever you're feeling as you hear me tell that story. Uh, And I did take a bite, by the way, if you wanted to even try it. Yes, I did try it. It was disgusting. I almost spit it out. Haven't ordered it since. Never plan on ordering it again. Um... When you order something at the restaurant, there's a few steps in the process, right? You see something on the menu and you order it. And so you tell the server what you want and then they go tell the, the, they put your order in. Sometimes they write it down. Sometimes they don't. It always makes me nervous when they don't write it down. And then they go place your order. The chef uh, grabs your ticket and they prepare it. Maybe there's even a sous chef or like a prep chef. There's lots of people involved in this process. They make the meal as they understand it. They put it back on the plate and then the expediter maybe wipes the edge of the plate depending on how nice the restaurant you go to and then the server brings it back to you, right? There's lots of steps in that process. And surely you've had it happen before where something happened along the way. Either what you thought you were getting, you weren't getting like the beef tartare or you did place an order and say, I want a sirloin steak and they bring you a rotisserie chicken. You go, wait, somewhere along the way, this isn't what I ordered. Or even maybe you're surprised and delighted because you didn't know that it had mangoes and you love mangoes, but you missed it on the menu. Or like you thought it did, but it didn't. Or you thought it didn't, but it did. Like there's all these steps along the process. And that's, the more I think and talk about marketing and teach marketing, it really does feel like to me, these dominoes just lined up in a row. So the first domino in our marketing is people need to, if you're using Facebook ads, they need to stop scrolling through Facebook. And if we can get them to stop scrolling, then we need them to read the ad copy. And if that goes well, we need them to click on the ad itself to go to the landing page and see what's going on there. And if that seems good, then they need to opt in for our value in advance or our lead magnet. And then if that goes well, whatever's on the thank you page, it could be register for a webinar. It could be, you know, buy this low ticket thing. And if that goes well, Let's say it's a webinar. They need to register for the webinar, show up for the webinar, stay on the webinar, and take the call to action on the webinar, which is, you know, book a call or whatever. And then let's say that it is book a call. They need to show up for the call and then buy your thing and then like consume your thing or whatever. Let's just stop there. But like that's like a nine or 12 or whatever step process. I lost count, right? It's a very linear process. And there's things along the way that people are going to fall out. So techno- technologically, we need people to we need our ads to communicate with our funnels, which we'll talk about here in a second. That's going to be the tracking code that Facebook gives us, and I'll, I'll explain it in a really simple way here in a second that you maybe have never heard it explained that way before. And then we need to typically connect it on the back end to some other system, right? Some email system. Let's just go with that for now, but it could be a webinar system, or let's just go with email. So some way to track when somebody opts in, whether you're using lead pages or Unbounce or Click Funnels or optimized press or WordPress or something, we need them to go somewhere, right? And something needs to happen after that. So we'll just call that an email system for now, whether it's Infusionsoft, MailChimp, Aweber, Drip, it doesn't matter. So the two things we need at a minimum, and I'll add a bonus third here in a second. First one is a tracking pixel. Second thing is an email system. And the third thing is going to be a payment system, which is optional. If you're not processing payments via this automated funnel, then that's unnecessary. But let's connect all those for a second. So let's talk about tracking pixels, all right? I'm going to do some actual teaching on this episode. Sometimes I don't cover the teaching and I won't get too much into the weeds, but I want you to understand something very simply. When I bought my mom flowers, when I would buy her flowers for Mother's Day or for her birthday, she lived in North Texas. I live in Colorado Springs. I bought flowers from a place that shipped them directly from Central America. 
Along the way, when I ordered her flowers, which were very expensive around Mother's Day, they add a uh, nice son tax or a stupid husband tax or whatever tax to it. So it's like three times the price, but I digress. You order the flowers, you place your order. You see when they leave Peru and they arrive in, let's just say Nashville, because let's just say it's FedEx. Then it leaves Nashville to Dallas uh, via plane. And then there's a tracking code along the way. And you can sign up for shipping alerts. So you know, hey, your package ordered or you ordered package in arrived in Nashville or Dallas or whatever. And then it gets from a plane in Dallas onto a truck in Dallas and it's out for delivery. And now it's kind of cool. You can see, at least in Amazon, you can see that, hey, your delivery is like five houses away. And you can just see as things get closer and closer and closer. And then for me, since it's flowers and it's a you know holiday or Mother's Day, I want to make sure that she received them. So I'd sign up for shipping alerts. And they would say, hey, it was left at the front porch. Then I could text my mom like, hey, mom, you home? And she's like, yes, thank you. You're the best son. You're amazing. Right? And if that doesn't happen, if I'd say, hey, mom, you home? Yeah, I am. Hey, did the doorbell ring? Like, no. Is there anything outside? No. Then I could go back and say, well, where did that go? Like, what happened? Last I saw, it was on a truck this morning. Then I can contact FedEx, and it doesn't really happen that much anymore. But for the most part, right, and nothing against FedEx or for FedEx, uh, but the shipping company that you're using, more often than not, delivers it. Sometimes they don't, though, right? And like Amazon says it was delivered, but you're like, I never got it. Maybe it was a porch pirate. Somebody stole it or whatever, right? That is the best way I can explain what a Facebook tracking pixel is like. It's a piece of code that you put on every part of your website, every part of your funnel or your sales process, and you can track how far people get through. And so if uh, your whole funnel has URLs, this is the last step. If you were ever to hire me to build a funnel for you or my team to build a funnel for you, one of the last things we do is we say, we're done. Here are your URLs. Here's where we're going to send traffic, URL one. When they opt in, they'll hit URL two. When they go to sign up for your webinar, it's URL three. When they're confirmed to registration, it's URL four. And when they buy your thing, it's the thank you page, it's URL five, right? So just imagine that. It'd be www.yourwebsite.step1, right? That's the steps of your sales process. So we were going to put Facebook pixel tracking code, which is a piece of code you get from your ads manager. And you're like a Google search away from knowing what the heck I'm talking about. If you're just totally lost right now, it's important. So I need you to tune in and you to actually do this. When I work with new people on their ad accounts with the private clients or on the funnel side, the first thing I do is, is as I, I just had a new ad account I started over the weekend, I connected all their stuff. I was like, hey, this is broken. We're not tracking all these things. And we're not getting the data that we want to be able to get to be able to advertise on Facebook profitably. So the first thing I did was I put the tracking pixel everywhere and I grabbed all their URLs of what their funnels were like. Again, if you imagine a line of dominoes, if it goes two or three dominoes and then one is askew, right, too far to the left or right, the whole train of dominoes doesn't get knocked down because we missed something. And so we want to be able to have as much data as possible when we're advertising and marketing our products and services and our value in advance and our lead magnets on Facebook, okay? And if you don't use Facebook, Google... What is a Google Pixel or whatever, right? Like, and that's that's a phone. But like, there's a, there's a Google tracking code as well, which you can also do. I just don't use Google. I use Facebook. So you get the tracking code, you put it everywhere, and then that will allow you to be able to see how far people are making it through your funnels. Isn't that cool? So like, then you'll know. Hey, I'm spending ten dollars on Facebook, and I got ten. Like this weekend, I ran a new ad account for a new private client, and we're spending thirty bucks a day. And we're getting leads for like 50 cents. So we're getting 60 leads a day. It's been two days. We got 120 leads. We spent 60 bucks. And then I can see that some of them also registered for the webinar, which is on the thank you page. Isn't that cool? All through Facebook, all through the Facebook ads manager. It's very, it's very uh, I was going to say it's simple. It is simple in, in theory, but people still get hung up on this. So uh, maybe I'll shoot a video or something like that. If, you, if you're wondering if you've got this set up right, then maybe send me a DM or an email. Say, hey, I, I think I got it right. I'm ready to go. 
Uh, and also there's a ton of resources in the books. So go to onehourfunnelbook.com. Maybe type in www. I've heard people are having trouble with that. www.onehourfunnelbook.com. You can grab the book and grab the resources there. And I talk a lot more about ads in an additional resource. You can get through the book called One Hour Ads, but you have to go to that website to get access to the ads content, right? So anyways, that's what tracking code is. And I want to talk about two things. If you're like, hey, I got that. This, this is easy stuff, man. I've been doing this for years. Great. Really quickly, I want to talk about two other things. Now stick with me because I've got a few more tips for you. So if this goes over your head, replay it and listen to it again. This is important stuff. This is like adult stuff. This is people who are advertising and making lots of money on Facebook. They have this part figured out that I'm about to tell you. So take this seriously because it, it matters, okay? There are two ways to track conversions on Facebook. I'm just going to say there's a two-step funnel. URL one is, hey, do you want my book? And URL number two is, thank you for getting my book. Does that make sense? Let's just say that that's your funnel, your lead magnet, your cheat sheet, PDF guide, whatever. So we can tell Facebook, hey, I want to optimize for people who are likely to hit URL two, people that are likely to opt into my book. And what's cool is the Facebook algorithm now has, I don't know, nine years of data and billions and trillions of conversions and things like that happening. So it has optimized for people who are likely to opt in for things. And so you go create a conversion campaign in Facebook and Facebook colloquially says, hey, what are you calling a conversion? And we say, people who hit URL number two, okay? Now, there's two ways to do this. This is important. <laughs> well, way number one is called a custom conversion. And you can type in a URL and you can create a custom conversion. You can say, hey, Facebook, I'm calling URL two, downloaded the book. And that's what I want to optimize for. Now, I found that to be kind of inconsistent. Now, if you're, again, if you're wondering, what the heck am I talking about? Go Google Facebook custom conversions, right? It's simple to set up. You literally go into your ads manager and you click on events and you click on custom conversions and it's like, cool, what do you want to call it? And then what URL is going to trigger this custom conversion? The better way to do it is Facebook has a thing called standard events. And I'm pretty sure Google and YouTube do as well. Standard events are things like lead, complete registration, entered credit card info, initiated checkout, purchase, those types of things. Those are events that happen throughout your funnel. And so a better way to do this is to go to create a custom or to create a standard event on the thank you page and make sure the lead code is there. And no, you don't have to be a computer scientist, an engineer to figure this out. Facebook walks you through it when you go to your ads manager and you go to events and you go to pixels and you go to setup. It's, it gives you all this code and then you're literally copying and pasting code. So if you use lead pages, it's really easy to do. I just did it this weekend for a client using lead pages. If you use ClickFunnels, it's easy to do. And there's lots of help documentation of how to add tracking pixels, okay? Depending on if you're an e-commerce, I don't know how many e-commerce fans we've got out there, but if you use Shopify or Thinkific or these online learning platforms or shopping platforms, they have native integrations with Facebook. Now, I want to tell you this too. Facebook wants you to have as great an experience as possible. So you stay on Facebook as long as possible and you spend as much money as possible. If you try Facebook ads and spend 20 bucks and go, I'm so confused. I hate the platform. This whole thing sucks. It's not working. I'm not getting leads. Then you're never going to spend money on Facebook again. So keep that in mind. You are the client of Facebook, right? It's not the users. The users are free. They don't pay anything. The users are the product that, that Facebook sells to you, the advertiser, to go put your stuff in front of them and to sell your wares on Facebook. Does that make sense? So that's thing number one we're going to connect. We're going to connect our Facebook pixel on every single page that we have, especially on thank you pages. So for me, if you go to onehourfunnelbook.com and you buy the book and I'll mail you one, on that thank you page, it fires a purchase event and says it happened. Somebody bought the book. And I've got my Facebook campaign set up to optimize for purchases. 
And if you have the Google Pixel Helper, which is kind of buggy at the moment, but it's a, a Google Chrome plugin that you add to your browser, you can see what pixels are firing around the internet. Okay, so make sure your pixels everywhere. Make sure your conversion events are set up on the thank you pages of the funnels that you have. And that's it. And then you're good to go. And then you can set it up in the ads manager. And if you've ever heard about people talking about conversion campaigns and optimizing for conversions, this is what they're talking about. So to bring it all back home on the Facebook side, this is like the tracking code or the tracking uh, number that they give you when you buy something on FedEx or Amazon or something like that. You can see that it left the station. And how's, here's what's really cool. Here's a little bonus for you. Now I can go to Facebook and say, hey, Facebook, show me people who have hit URL number one, but they never hit URL number two, which means what? Shout it out in your car or at the gym or whatever, if you know the answer. It means they never opted into your thing. It means they didn't buy the actual book or, or you know whatever your funnel's like. So now we can create a custom audience that says, hey, Facebook, make me an audience of people in the last 30 days that saw URL number one, but they never saw URL number two. And I'm going to write them an ad that says, hey, did life get in the way? Or maybe the technology was broken. Sometimes something happens. Notice you stopped by to grab the lead magnet or the value in advance or the free book, but you didn't check out. Just making sure everything was okay on your end. You know, send me a message or whatever if it's not, or click here to complete your purchase, right? That's called a retargeting or remarketing campaign. We're sending ads and traffic and stuff back to the last place they left off in the funnel. But how do we know that if they didn't if the tracking code's not in place in the first place, okay? So that's that's element number one. Next segment here, we'll talk about how to add uh, email, how to connect email, and then we'll be done. Just like that restaurant, if you order steak at a restaurant, the only cool thing that can come out of that kitchen is a steak. That's all you want. And so if you, I see this happen on people's funnels as well. If you say on your thank you page, hey, thank you for requesting your free copy of my book. It'll be delivered to your inbox through the power of technology in seven minutes. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Isn't that frustrating? Like nothing ever. It'd be like ordering a steak at the restaurant and it never comes up, but they still give you the bill or whatever. That's just annoying. So make sure you connect your email system. My favorite email system to use is Infusionsoft. It's a, it's a hard sell. It's now called Keep. I guess they just rebranded after however many years, 20 years or whatever. Uh, but it's a really powerful email automation system. And then if you don't want to go that budget, because Infusionsoft's like, I don't know, 200 bucks a month or so. Then you can get started with something like Active Campaign, and it's a little bit less expensive. Actually, it's quite a bit less expensive. I don't know the exact price right now, and uh, it has a lot of automation as well. So you can say, "Hey, when they opt in, uh, delay seven minutes and then send them an email." Like that's also possible with Active Campaign. So really powerful automation tools out there to be able to do that. And then literally, you're a Google search away. So I'm going to coach you on this too. Listen to me. I've did I've uh, made an episode about this before that Google and YouTube are our friends. I coach in some different Facebook groups, either my own clients or other people's clients or my friends' clients or whatever. And I am so shocked that adults still to this day freak out because they're a Google search away and they don't they don't search, they don't look, they just give up, or they get emotional, or they get excited, or they get excitable, or they just freak out. Like, pause for a minute, take a deep breath, assume that your question of how do I connect MailChimp to ClickFunnels. Assume that you may not be the first person to ever have asked that question, and there might be something in a help resource, a YouTube video, a Google documentation. Like, that's not a hard question. That is a super common question. And so you don't have an excuse to freak out and not search for Google or not search for your question on Google and YouTube. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it at all. Uh, last thing I want to talk about is a payment system. So, uh, we used to have a rental property here in Colorado Springs. And uh, we had, it's all, it had always been good. We sold it in 2017. It always had been fine. 
But we had this one brutal, brutal tenant one time. It was a, a, a guy and a girl lived there. I don't remember if they were married. I don't think they do. It doesn't really matter to the story. But there was just a lot of drama. I mean, boyfriend and girlfriend have different drama than husband and wife. And so there was that amount of drama. And they lied every month about their rent. They were late all the time. Now, they were military, and so there's some recourse you can take with their commanding officer to make sure that they're good tenants and they're good upstanding citizens. And, man, they were just a nightmare. And I remember one time, it was always something. One time, he was coming to bring me the money, and they always paid in cash, which is like, this is annoying. I have to take this you know, $1,000 to the bank now to deposit cash. Like, why, don't you, why can't you write me a check or wire me the money or whatever? And I have to go to the bank, wait in line with a bunch of $20 bills. Like, it's just weird. Uh, anyways, he drove over once to pay, and... He said he got a car accident, got in a car accident the way over, which I found out like the next day. I'm like, dude, you said you'd be here at five, you know, couldn't help but notice you never showed up. Oh, yeah, I was going to. I got in a car accident. Then I was getting in my girlfriend's car. Then she got in a car accident or something. I was like, that doesn't sound true. Like, I think you're lying. But here's the one that took the cake. It was her one time. She showed up and uh, there was always late fees. I was like, guys, it says in your lease, like, if you don't pay by midnight on the 3rd, then it's late, like 75 bucks a day. So sometimes they would pay at like 11.50 p.m. I don't, I'm not up at 11.50 p.m., but that's what's in the lease. So I'm like coming to the door in my robe and pajamas, like, all right, give me the you know stack of cash. But there was always excuses, and this was the best one one time. The girl told me uh, that the ATM ate her money. She said the ATM ate my money. I went to get it. I was going to take it out. I wanted. We really want to pay on time. We want to be good tenants. And I put in everything, and it was just the darndest thing. The machine ate my money. It said it spit the money out, but it didn't. And she said it with a straight face. And I just wanted to bust out in laughter. Like, that doesn't sound true. That is so crazy that that's the excuse you came up with. Well, it's a little bit less dramatic, but we want the same. We don't want the same thing to happen in our marketing funnels. When people check out and they buy something, we want to connect a payment system so it processes their money, and then a fulfillment system so it gives it to them. Now, if you have no clue what I'm talking about, an easy place to start is Stripe. Stripe, like the back of a skunk, Stripe.com. And yes, I said Stripe, S-T-R-I-P-E. And they're great. They they process payments. PayPal is fine too. It's not hard to take money on the internet now. Uh, it used to be much more difficult, but now it's quite easy. So make sure your payment system is connected to your order form. Whether you use, like I use some Infusionsoft order forms. I use ClickFunnels order forms. I think I can take money a few different ways, which is good for diversity as you start to grow and scale your business. If something happens or something, I don't know, some account gets frozen or there's just things that can happen when you sell stuff online, you may want to have two uh, accounts set up to take people's money. And if one fails, you just send them something else. It's, it's very simple and, and painless and seamless. Uh, but that's it. So we want to make sure we connect our payment system as well. So get set up with Stripe. I'm just going to talk in ClickFunnels for a minute. If you set up ClickFunnels, and let's just say you use ActiveCampaign, you connect ActiveCampaign to ClickFunnels, and then it just kind of syncs up. So on your landing page, you just connect it to ActiveCampaign and connect it to a list or to a tag. And then on a payment system, connect Stripe. You go into Settings and Payment Integrations and connect Stripe. And then you're good to go. So that is it for today's episode. And this may not have been the most interesting episode or the, it's probably been the most technical episode of the podcast, but this is serious stuff. This is big time stuff. If you've made it far this far in the marketing miniseries, uh, this is important. Like you're now driving traffic and telling people about the thing that you made to sell the stuff that you've been working on so hard, right? It's, it's important stuff. So take a minute to connect this stuff. Uh, hit me up on social media, 
however you can make noise online. If you have a question or get stuck somewhere along the way, uh, uh, I've got some resources to help you or I can shoot a video or something like that and put it on my blog. But that's that's how you connect uh, your funnel. So we're super close to the finish line. Now, two more things are going to happen. Number one, tomorrow you'll hear episode nine of nine, which is confirmed. So that's the three-step process of episode seven, eight, nine. Construct your funnel, connect your funnel, then confirm that everything's working before we go live. So it's a simple pr- checklist process. And then the next thing that's going to happen on the podcast is if you've been sticking it out so far and you're like, oh, when's he going to be done with this? I've got one more episode. And then it's back to normally scheduled programming. If you're loving this, like, oh, why isn't this a 90-part series? Uh, I'm sorry. We're about to wrap up. One of my kids today, the time I'm recording this, we were driving to uh, to church or to lunch or somewhere, and he said, Dad, why is it a mini-series if there's nine episodes? That's kind of a lot. And I was like, hey, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you know? You're 10. Leave me alone. Um, but he said, I think a mini-series is like three episodes. So anyways, uh, I've, been, I've been having a ton of fun with this type of content. I know it gets a little bit technical here at the end, but that's the whole point, right? Like at some point you got to publish your thing and get it online and uh, stop making excuses. So that's it for today. I will see you tomorrow on episode nine of nine of the marketing miniseries.